Hello and welcome to the All Terrain Podcast. I'm Matt White and in each episode I'll be inviting a guest to take a hypothetical hike as we find out about their real life's journey to this point. They'll have to make four choices for the walk and answer four questions along the way. In this special introductory episode, I'm joined by Phil Ball. Phil is part of the Salvation Army's Youth and Children's Ministry team in the United Kingdom and Republic of Ireland. Hello, Phil. Hi, Matt. Now, that team are actually the people behind this podcast, so it's lovely to have you with us. Great to be with you. Phil, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. So I'm married uh, with two children. They've married around 23 years. Uh, two children, age 14 and 19 and um, we share our home uh, with a seven and a half year old labrador dog called wow. ruby and a rabbit ages unknown called gizmo okay. and um yes yeah, so it's kind of a busy household this year i've actually dabbled in growing vegetables i've had okay. this sort of idea at some point or this dream of having a an allotment yeah and kind of my wife's like well you've never actually grown anything yet so i thought this year is the year so i've started to dabble in a bit of vegetable growing sort of tomatoes chilies etc etc strawberries so that's been fun Ooh. not hugely successful okay but you know there you go and uh, i think most of all the thing i love doing most is walking um, mm -hmm. hiking and walking with my dog ruby and um, i guess just on the side i'm just sort of really interested in kind of dogs and that kind of that relationship that they have with mm. human beings and i kind of doing a little bit of a study i guess kind of informally as to whether there's something kind of holy and sacred about dogs and their place wow. in their lives i kind of feel like there's there's something special i guess my own relationship with ruby is that there's something special caring for mm. a dog like ruby mm. but also being cared for yeah by um by a dog so that's yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting and i've just come back from walking um doing a pilgrimage in spain on the Camino de Santiago, wow. which was pretty epic and a bit of a eye-opening journey for yeah, me personally. Yeah, I can imagine. Tell us a bit about the Youth and Children's Ministry team here uh, in the Salvation Army. Yeah, so we're a team of six um, based at headquarters in London. And um, primarily our role is to equip and support local youth and children's workers and to support local youth and children's work at local core churches, centres and in communities with a real focus on sort of young people on the margins of our churches but also on the margins of our society and that covers the whole so the whole of the uk and the republic of ireland so how many sort of church well, i think there, there would be around sort of 600 wow. sort of local centers yeah. and um, i guess our range of sort of sort of provision for young people and for children is pretty broad from mm. sort of universal provision from sort of open access youth clubs kids clubs mm. through to sort of small groups and enabling young people to think about faith and what it means to be a follower of jesus through mm. to more perhaps more targeted services whether that's sort of mentoring programs in schools but the salvation army is just a, a huge organization mm. and it's got a lot of reach and so there's other areas that we help support and other areas of the salvation army that work with young people whether it's sort of employment homelessness services early years provision so we help to sort of support and be involved and promote all the work that the salvation army does with young people and resourcing which i guess is what uh, this particular new podcast is all about from you guys but this episode's a bit different um, because you're actually here to tell us a bit about the heart behind this whole podcast yeah. and the series and some of it's about. But uh, you also have to take part a little bit. Okay. Because uh, what will happen is every every episode, uh, the guests face four questions and four choices. And uh, before they start, you have to make two of those choices. Okay. So uh, first choice is this. Where are we walking on this hypothetical hike? Oh, that's two things. That's a difficult question. Um, I'd either be walking the Camino 
or walking with my dog Ruby and I think I'm going to choose walking with my dog okay. Ruby. And what does that look like? So you walk the dog I guess every day, do you have a particular route or is there a range of places you go? I think I love walking off grid. Okay. So I love walking on my own yeah. um, with, with Ruby and we kind of go into various different places. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite walks is along a river, okay. um, actually around a nuclear power station. They've kind of got a really interesting wow. kind of, it's kind of a sort of a, a specific way that you can walk. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of just, we kind of go and explore, okay. have little, little mini adventures every day. Mm. Um, and the second choice that everyone faces is you have to decide who's coming with you. Now, I know you said you like to be on your own, but sorry, it's a group <laughs> activity. Uh, so you get to choose three companions, okay. um, one living, one dead, one fictional. Who's coming with you? I'd say in terms of the living companion, it would be Richard Raw. I mean, for those who don't know, he's a Franciscan priest. He's a spiritual author, but he's also the founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation in New Mexico. Written loads of books from Falling Upwards to his latest offering, The Universal Christ. And he also, uh, dogs have been really important ah. for him. And um, his latest book, The Universal Christ, yeah. was dedicated to his dog, right. Venus, who was his black lab. Yeah. And he sort of he was his companion for 15 years. Obviously, with my real deep interest mm. in in dogs, it just really resonated with me. But I think He'd be a fantastic companion because mm. he kind of some of the things he talks about inspire me. He says that you know Jesus came into an already Christ-soaked world, mm. and that I think Raw believes that everything, without exception, is the outpouring of God. Mm. So I think Richard would be a great companion to point out where God is yeah. within yeah. creation, where I'm walking, but also within within me. So Richard Raw would be okay, he's number the one. one. Yeah, uh, dead. Interestingly. Another Franciscan priest, okay, um, a guy called Brennan Manning. He mm. he died in um, 2013, and he's a spiritual author, a teacher, and um, for various times in his life, he served and lived amongst the poor, and um, even at times during his life, he lived in a cave for mm. six months of the year. So he's a really interesting character, a real uh, person with lots of brokenness in his life. He's a recovering alcoholic and mm. I suppose he talked out of that and ministered in terms of participating in God's action he ministers out of that story and at various points in my life his work his writings have been significant for me as I've faced different personal challenges I've kind mm. of found refuge mm. in his writings and his big message is how do we accept and embrace the unconditional love of Jesus yeah. in our lives and some of his books he's most famous for the ragamuffin gospel mm. Um, but for me, two books really stand out, The Signature of Jesus and All His Grace. So again, a really interesting mm. character in terms of maybe someone who would help me to think about the inner work, mm. the inner transformation mm. um, around grace and how do we accept all the stuff that God does and who I am. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, uh, fictional. Well, from one extreme of the spiritual mystics yeah. to the other would be a fictional character called Jack Reacher. Okay. He's just a all-action hero. Yeah. But the thing is, he likes to wander and walk. Yeah. And he just, wherever the, wherever he feels he wants to go, yeah. there's always an adventure. And I just, if, if ever I'm just wanting to switch off, yeah. holiday read. That's the, that's the go-to. That's the go-to. So two mystics, uh, a kind of an action hero, you, the dog, and whether you like it or not, I'm tagging along too, because I ask the questions. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, come. <laughs> thank you. That, it sounds like it'll be a fun walk. In a normal episode, the guests that we have on here will answer four questions, and they're four specific questions. Tell us about those questions and why you guys have chosen those. 
We've drawn on the work of Alexander Shire. His book is called Heart and Mind, where he presents this idea that each gospel account of Jesus's life is written to answer a specific question. Mm. And so he suggests that these four questions are, so if we look at each gospel, so Matthew, the question is about how do we face change? Mm. Mark, how do we move through suffering? John, how do we receive joy? And Luke into Acts, how do we mature in service? Mm. And um, Alexander would say that the gospels are not simply about Jesus, but about Jesus speaking to us about the journey we are on. The four questions, I think we probably all agree, are, are universal human questions, as well as being the four great spiritual questions as well. And I guess I also see each question a little bit like a different terrain. Mm. It's about the, the various contours and contexts of our lives that we walk on. And I mentioned I walked the Camino and, mm. and each I walked the first seven stages. And it was it was almost like the, the various terrains that we walked on from, from gravel to tarmac to grass, mm. it was just a continual kind of change of footing, change mm. of soil. And that added a richness mm. um, to the experience. Mm. And I think terrain is an interesting metaphor for life mm. and faith in general. So those four questions, how do we face change? How do we move through suffering? How do we receive joy? And how do we mature in service are central to this podcast. And that's why it's the all-terrain podcast, because we want to talk about all the kind of stages of life and the, the, the things that happen. So whether that's how, how change happens or it's suffering or it's joy or it's service, we want to um, give people a chance to tell us, I guess, more about their life story through those right. questions. Now, you talked about how they, the question relates to the Gospels. Can you give us an example of that? I know, um, like you said, the, the book is brilliant. Yes. Um, uh, and, and actually Alexander on lots of different podcasts really unpacks this stuff brilliantly. But um, for people who are coming to this maybe for the first time, uh, how, explain to me perhaps how does the book of Matthew help us face change? Facing change is a fundamental question that we all have to answer at some point mm. in our lives. You know, life is not static. Situations change. We're often transitioning from one stage of life to another, whether it's moving from college to, to university, perhaps a new job. It could even be changes within our families. Mm within our marriages, children, there are economic changes. We're always facing change. Matthew was written probably five years after Rome had destroyed the temple. And the, the temple was hugely significant to the Jewish people. And so everything they knew, everything that they had relied upon to give shape and form to their faith was gone. So in some senses, it, life had changed. Mm. Everything they knew was up in the air. And how do they think about life? How do we connect with God had kind of changed. Mm. Another example would be Joseph and Mary, just in the simple sort of the birth story mm. of, of Jesus, the changes that occurred through them embracing that, mm. you know, from the physical to the emotional of being shunned by family, leaving home, journeying to a new place. And so there's a huge amount of changes that you can find within, um, within Matthew's gospel. And I think when we look at these, I mean, Alexander would say this, that the, the four questions are not a linear journey. Yeah. It's a circular journey. Yeah. So you can, you, you don't sort of, let's look at change and then you automatically go on to sort of yeah. suffering. And it's about, you can be in all places at the same time in different stages of your life. Of course. And I guess it can be your service that could perhaps lead to suffering, which comes about because of a change, but somehow you find joy. And like you say, that's not a linear thing. That's not how life works. I guess the challenge is that's how people often want things yes, to work. We neat want, and tidy. Yeah, and, and the process. Give me the five steps to weight loss. Give me the 10 steps to happiness. Give me the seven keys to a successful career. But this isn't that. I guess it's more holistic than that, is it? it no, absolutely. I think when you accept the invitation to change, mm. you do embark on this journey 
of transformation where you will come to that point of suffering yeah. or you'll face challenges, yeah. obstacles, yeah. perhaps people closest to you don't understand what you're talking about or yeah. perhaps you are rethinking your inherited faith and your yeah. beliefs and practices so you get yeah. but you have to sort of allow that process to happen yeah. and it's not a time limited like you said it's this process that you go on but they do lead to yeah. not just sort of finding joy but actually how do you how do we live this out because mm. joy is just not something that we find in isolation mm. but joy is actually we are most fulfilled when we are uh, giving ourselves to something, practicing mm. love and justice. Yeah. yeah. So the guests who come on, they're going to answer these four questions. How do we face change? How do we move through suffering? How do we receive joy? How do we mature in service? So what have you learned about how you face change? If I can just perhaps draw on my um, journey on the pilgrimage on mm. the Camino, yes, what please. was really interesting was the journey itself, but actually the pilgrims that we met along the road mm. and it was what was really fascinating as I sort of look back I met a number of people from all over the world and in some way each of them was asking one of those four questions or was mm. it was in one of those sort of terrains of their life mm. I guess for me part of my process or part of my journey was I've been thinking around what does it look like to to live well in the second half of life mm. and I think you can sense with the people that we were meeting they're all asking those questions about who am I becoming mm. How do I live well? And what kind of practices and postures am I building into my life? And I kind of call them as virtues. Mm. I'm thinking, what kind of virtues am I living my life by? And I've been really inspired by a guy called David Brooks. I could have put him as one of my um, mm. sort of walking companions. Mm. So he's a, an American political and cultural commentator. But he wrote a fantastic book called The Road to Character. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But he talks about the sort of first stage of life but creating virtues called a CV virtue. So it's all about kind of promote self-promotion. Mm -hmm. I can do this, how it reads on the CV. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I'm brilliant. I'm fantastic. Mm. Whereas transitioning into that second stage of life as a, as, a, as a dad, as a leader, as a person, it's kind of more about creating eulogy virtues. Mm. So what, what are the things at the end of life mm. are people going to talk about and say about me? Mm. And I think second half of life, the things I've been trying to build into my life are around sort of humility, mm. service, joy, which again, just feed mm. into these four questions. And it's interesting, as I've returned from the Camino, a number of people have um, kind of asked me, you know, how did it go? Did you kind of discover something more about God? Did you have some kind of sort of awakening moment? And um, before I left, I had this kind of what I would call a sacred word. Mm. But I thought, you know, I'm going to be out there walking for probably six seven hours a day mm. it's easy to get lost in the the journey itself i mean mm. it was a it was beautiful and yet it was brutal mm. at the same time but i kind of had this word kenosis which means self-emptying mm. and so if i ever wanted just to sort of recenter myself and think about the, the journey that i'm on of change where i'm at in my life i kind of just spoke that word yeah and it brought me back to sort of reflection thinking praying and all those kind of things. Mm. And bizarrely, that word self-emptying is the change that happened mm. within me. And I never would have worked that. And it was actually quite a painful, mm. it was kind of stripped of, I found it quite a purging, which is a kind of a strange word, mm. an archaic word, but it felt that I'd been sort of stripped back, mm. almost like the inner me or inner parts of me that I don't focus a lot of attention on mm. became exposed. And I guess it felt a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And I guess for me, how I've been processing changes, how do I build these sort of second half of life virtues into my life? You know, I think for the Camino, for me, it was a 110 mile journey. Mm. 
and change wasn't instant. It was a one step at a time. Mm. There is no quick fix. And I think it reminded me again of the inner work of transformation. Mm. Embedding second half life of virtues takes time mm. and grace. And so it was almost like revisiting yeah. and being stripped away through that process of just walking, realizing there's more work to be done, yeah. um, which surprised me and didn't surprise me yeah. at the same time. And I think that's why this, you know, we talk about the hypothetical hike, the metaphorical mm -hmm. meander and other ones I haven't made up yet. You know, let us know if you've got <laughs> any in the comments. Um, but I think for me, one of the reasons that that works is because there aren't shortcuts. If you're going to walk the Camino, if you're going to uh, walk one of these either ancient or significant places, or even if you're just going to go on a walk, actually, there aren't those shortcuts. And actually, if you take a shortcut, you end up usually missing something. And I think that's what I really like about it is that what we're encouraging people to do is realize that these things take time, mm -hmm. that actually setting the time aside to read listen to a podcast hopefully this one or you know <laughs> sit down and in, in, in you know just enjoy some space take an extra 15 minutes over your cup of coffee in the morning go for a long walk those things are they take time and there aren't shortcuts but without them you're not going to get to those places there is no shortcut to character is a bit of a cliche but it's just annoyingly i was with someone last week having a uh, having a cup of coffee and they were talking through the last sort of few months of their life which have been pretty tough and I said to him, oh, well, you know, there is no shortcut to character. And he banged the table and said, I know. And it's a really annoying. <laughs> and it's true, isn't it? Like, of course, if, if I could click my fingers and go, everyone who is a youth and children's worker, every young adult, every person in the Salvation Army could immediately find themselves where they want to be, understand change, understand suffering, receive joy and mature in service. Of course, we would want to do that. But it doesn't work. That's right. And I think those four questions are character forming yeah. questions. Yeah. And just in our work, we you know we've met people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, yeah. probably even older, who are still faithfully serving yeah. children and young people. <laughs> but they're also trying to navigate and negotiate yeah. these questions, yeah. and um, as well as young people. In fact, this year, we're, we're journeying with a, a group of young adults yeah. just to give some space to help them to, to think about these uh, four questions and yeah. to immerse themselves in the Gospels. And I guess these four questions are great character-forming questions but they are relevant regardless of age yes. and whatever stage of life we are journeying through. Absolutely, I think that's really crucial, the idea that there's no, you can't be too young, you can't be too old. When people talk about second half of life, they often go, oh yeah, when I'm 35 or when mm. I'm 40, but it isn't like that. I've met 25 year olds who are in the second half of life and I've met 55 year olds who haven't done that hard road right. to character. I think there's, you know, there's obviously a, an orthodox way to do it, which is you sort of, most people would say their 20s were all about me and mm -hmm. their 30s, you suddenly go, oh, the world's a bit bigger than me. But but that isn't always the case. So I guess that's why this really, really matters, because it really is something that anyone at any stage can grab hold of. Absolutely. So each episode features a different guest. So they answer the four questions. Yeah. Uh, they also have to make the four choices like we've talked about. Now, you've made two. We're walking uh, with your dog in and around the river around that nuclear power plant. So I wouldn't <laughs> let your dog swim in it. They were a very different looking dog by the end. Um, and, and you picked your people. There's two other choices you have to make. What's on the playlist? Well, it could be anything from the Foo Fighters okay. to a little bit of Miley Cyrus oh, okay. on the quiet. Yeah. Um, if I was to choose a song, a band, it would probably be Coldplay. Oh, really? Yeah, just love Coldplay. It's kind of on my bucket list to go and see them live yeah. at some point. And one song I always think about is the Princess of China song, that duet that yeah, they did, yeah. uh, Chris Martin did with Rihanna. Yeah. And um, so I've got, I think that would be okay. on my place. But I also 
play drums as well. And if I'm just practicing at home, the, yeah. the song that is most played on my playlist at the minute is Gary Newman Cars. Oh. Would you believe? A real 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the final question, what's in the snack bag? What get, What's getting you through? Okay, well, definitely water. Okay. But whilst walking the Camino, um, I grabbed these sweets and they're kind of a menthol eucalyptus sweets. Never had them before, oh. but they had a hint of lemon, strawberry. So I would definitely take them. Okay. They were phenomenal. Just sort of brought some freshness. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Some, yeah, just interesting. That's, those are very sensible, healthy choices. Mine's a Turkish delight. Come that's on. what I'm taking with me. Just a hundred <laughs> of them. Phil, it's been really, really interesting finding out Thank more. And, and great to hang out with you as always. And we've got a bunch of brilliant guests already lined up for this first series. But before we come to the end of the hike, what are your hopes for this podcast? What are the Youth and Children's Ministry Unit, what do they want for this? Well, I guess we hope that anyone who listens in will find it helpful as they think about life and faith, how to live well, and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we've got, like you said, we've got some great guests, real life stories mm. and conversation with people who can provide us with a, a deeper understanding and insights on the four questions mm. of the spiritual life. How do we face change? How do we move through suffering? How do we receive joy? And how do we mature in service? Well, I'm really excited about it. I'm really thrilled to be part of it. Uh, and that's it for this special introductory episode. Thanks again to Phil Ball. Thank you so much for being with Thank us. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna be back next time uh, with our first guest of the series who'll be facing the four choices, answering the four questions, and sharing the wisdom learned along the way on the All Terrain Podcast. <laughs>